0: talking
1: about okay it doesn't ring any
2: bells okay never mind hello welcome to another podcast 234 episodes of we were gamers where we talk about everything from tv to games to real life to whatever we fit in this past week because uh like you we don't have time for everything but we like to talk about what we did have time for and stay connected hi jj hello hello i'm here michael's here Hey, everybody. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh. I'm gonna say off the bat, let's. We'll do a Final Fantasy 12 half minute. Okay. Cause there's been a lot of games played this week that were not Final Fantasy 12. And not a lot of games, but a lot of time played this week that was not Final Fantasy 12. And also, uh, some house stuff. I've been. We've been working on, uh, Painting slash, uh, uh, what do you call it, refurbishing a room in the house. Uh, so that's taken up a lot of physical time, you know? Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Twelve, Michael. Yeah. I, after the last podcast where we talked about Final Fantasy Twelve use you, you mentioned, you think, or postulate, I guess, that maybe the old way pre Zodiac age for giving out skills and jobs and everything else is better
1: specifically
2: for the way it did gambits. I see. Okay. I was having a memory the other day when I popped back into there to see if I could futz with the gambits to maybe get me out of this scrape that I'm in Mm -hmm. uh, currently. And, uh, and I was thinking back to Bravely Default because Bravely Default 2 is coming shortly. And something that I hated about that, and I wanted to ask you guys' opinion maybe just a short opinion, it doesn't have to be like a thesis. In Bravely Default, I don't know if you'll remember this, JJ, uh, you get jobs as the game goes on, as you would expect much like any other JRPG, but some of the jobs come like through optional bosses. Like you guys have been playing in FF 12 currently.
0: Like the
2: vampire job, which arguably might be one of the
0: best jobs in the game is behind a really bullshit series of things you have to do. And so I never got it because it sucked ass. I remember it quite well.
2: Yeah. It took a long time to get to the vampire job. And then by then you're like, well, To be strong enough to get the vampire job, I'm ready to beat the game. So I'm not going to go level this job. I'm just going to go to the end of the game now. So I wonder... I think, even though I'm overwhelmed personally... Because I did not get exposed to FF12 originally... And now I'm thrown into the deep end with Zodiac Age... I would prefer to be overwhelmed with everything and catch up by asking for advice and reading a guide maybe then get to the point later in a game where you're
1: like well this is cool i'm never going to use it thoughts i think so some of that definitely still happens with equipment um there are there are a couple of pieces of equipment that you get late in the game that by the time you get them um the steps that you have to go through you are probably strong enough that you don't really need the added boost. Um, nearly to think. In all terms of, of the
0: most powerful equipment in that game falls in that category.
1: Yeah, unless you get it from trial mode, which you couldn't do in the original. Right. Um, the job. So I, I feel like the the way that they did Gambits was tempered a little bit in the original by the the license board. The fact that everyone had the same one. Because if you needed to tweak someone's direction, it was a lot easier because they had access to the whole board. Right. So, at least in terms of abilities, um, you tended to get abilities at a good pace uh, versus where you were in the game. I don't remember there being much of anything that was like, oh, I got this ability, but I don't, it's not an, enough of an improvement for me to ever use it.
0: Okay. I think my opinion on it sort of comes down to that, like, yeah, they dump all this stuff on you. And I think you're right, Andrew, that it's probably a little better this way versus not having enough tools. I, I think that the a large majority of the tools they give you, though, are actually worthless. And they just don't give you enough knowledge. You don't have enough knowledge to understand when that's true.
2: I don't know why you bother adding worthless stuff to a game. I mean, it's
0: like this takes no effort, right? It's like, oh, it takes no effort. We have one that triggers at 50%. Oh, well, like we already did that. It's basically no effort to do that from 90% to 10% and every percent in between. Also, let's just do it. But you're never going to realistically set a gambit that's like, ah, 40%. That's the number. That's when I want it to trigger.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, the 90% one actually has a use, and that's when, like, bosses are going to very nearly one-shot you, and the second you take a damage, you want to start casting Max Cure or whatever. Um, But a lot of them, yeah. It's like, what is 60%? How is that meaningfully different from 70 right?
1: Fair points.
2: Fair points. Okay. We got a lot of news this past week. I think we should start with that. Number one... I'm excited about this, so I want to see if anybody else is. And that's the only reason it's news. Mass Effect is getting a legendary edition for games 1, 2, and 3. Does anyone else care? I mean, I like Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. I did too. And it, in theory, at some point when it goes on sale, will be the right price for me to not have to find and install all the tiny little pieces of DLC that I've downloaded over the course of years for mass effect 2 that came with like pre-ordering the game from this place
0: and buying doritos bags or whatever you know what i mean a lot of that stuff was rolled into like your bioware account or whatever the real problem with the mass effect games over the years has been that the substantial pieces of dlc for them were not ever ever put on sale ever at (laughs) any time like literally they came out and the price has never changed and they're like, so it's like, yeah, you buy Mass Effect 2 for $5 on sale sometimes. Cool. The DLC, which has like really good content, 20 bucks each piece. And there's like three. Ooh. Oh, and then Mass Effect 3 is the same problem, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Mass Effect 3 was even worse about the like Doritos bags and guns for skins and pre-orders and all that stuff.
2: So no more of that just buy one legendary box or whatever and then you get all of it retooled for 4K ish stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to hold my uh <laughs> yeah, you know, hold my interest until I see some pictures. No one that listens to this podcast
2: is surprised that we will hold our opinion until after <laughs> it launches.
0: They also said they were going to do some stuff to Mass Effect 1, which is both the most beloved in some cases and the most hated in other cases. Sure. So I, I very curious to see what that is. I can't I just, imagine they would change it much because no. it's so different from the other games. Yeah. But also like, yeah, who knows? So don't change it. It's so,
2: so vintage in terms of its bio that if it gets changed, people won't understand what you mean by a an original BioWare game. Maybe the only thing you really need is to add like a, a HUD while you're driving the Mako. Or like the ability
0: to throw away tons of the useless loot that you don't need. Sure. Fine. Okay. Anyway, the, I you know, look, I I want to see the results. This has a chance to be like a really awesome collection of games, like really beloved games. Like there are people out there who are way crazy for these Mass Effect games. They will tell you the these these ones of specifically. And, right. And what and happens? This could if be you like, were a female Shepard versus male Shepard, and all the things could, in between. And this has the chance to be, like, the criteria collection of Mass Effect, right? Right, yeah. Or they could poop out a remaster where they technically upscale the assets and everything is, like, slightly nicer or whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah. My ability to care about it depends on which side of that coin it comes down on.
2: Well, your ability to care about it will also be defined by the fact that it would probably only come out on consoles originally. Maybe some new consoles. Michael?
1: Yeah, so the week that everyone has been waiting for um, in terms of console drops came this past week, and I know we all went out and got our Game & Watch from Nintendo.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm staring at it right now on the internet
0: where it will stay. I would lo- yeah, I, know, I would love to know who decided, man, this Game & Watch thing is what I want. It's That's a for clock, sure. though, you guys. <laughs> but it's not also
2: just- a clock
1: not just that but for it to drop the same week that the new Xbox and the PS5 drop it's
0: yeah. like literally sending it, it, it's opening the gate of the castle and being like see those the the teeming enemies out there you lone soldier charge <laughs> like, everybody uh, else is going to run out the other gate we will we will certainly be right behind you don't worry and like you hear <laughs> the door slam as soon as you take the step forward
2: Oh, they're not even on the same battlefield, man. They don't. They don't expect that thing to sell well. That is a niche item. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it's a pure nostalgia play. I I have a lot of nostalgia. I would even buy, like a twenty five dollar remake of an original game and watch or something like that. You know.
0: Just, not this. I want you know what things if they're more likely to get me to buy a like tiger electronics collection game thing sure i'm sure you could put 500 of those tiger electronic games on like one fpga and one box easy they all had the same controls anyway yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah no not this
2: yeah you could stick it on your uh one terabyte micro sd card (laughs) (laughs) To to this. <laughs> I saw one of those, Michael. I was talking to JJ literally on the phone when I was like, uh I'm staring at a Black Friday deal for a one terabyte micro SD card for a hundred dollars. Okay. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to buy it. I have so many micro SD cards sitting around here with capacities I have yet to hit.
0: Right. And, and by and the and time I care like, it, like what even uses micro SD anymore? It's like the switch. Maybe yeah, some Switch. laptops.
2: Yeah, my That's laptop, it? the Switch. That's about it. I expand my memory on my laptop with a micro SD card. But by the time I actually need to expand the memory next year at Black Friday, it'll be two terabytes for the same price.
1: Right. Or you'll, or you'll just
2: get a new, bigger. <sighs> you know what is not expandable? Or even connectable? I have heard. Is the PS5?
0: Yeah, so the PS5 releases with a hard drive that's like 800-something gigabytes, but cool. actually you can't use 800. It's like you get 670 or something like that usable. Cool. That's not a lot. Nope. No. Uh, and Sony has said they're going to put out a list of approved drives that you can connect to expand, like you know NVMe version whatever drives or something. You can
2: just stick an NVMe in there?
0: No, absolutely you can't. You have to stick approved ones. But there's an NVMe slot that's open in there. No, you have to, like, there is a way to attach these drives such that it will accept them. No one knows what that means, though, because there are no approved ones and you can't do it yet.
2: Cool. So is the Xbox
1: launch going any better? (laughs) Oh, it it gets better. Oh, wait, the PlayStation has more issues? Yeah, the PlayStation got better. People were uh, bricking their boxes right out of the box no they were having um memory issues and uh, under a certain set of circumstances which was actually first reported by a demo unit that was sent to a video game blogger and he bricked Um, it he bricked it yeah he you know the it said it was having a memory (sighs) trouble and went to restart and then it just never came back on and he had the he had uh, another couple of people try the same set of steps that he had gone through. And they confirmed the memory issue, although theirs didn't completely brick like his did. But he was not the only one. Wow. Wow, wow. Not great. No. And from what
2: I've heard, the Xbox launch is going, okay, if you don't mind playing not new games.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh the Xbox still has the issue of there aren't really any games out for it that are really new. Uh, however, it does have uh, upgradable storage, Andrew. You can pay uh, 200 or $300 to get more terabytes to plug into the back of your Xbox. Look, I'm, hold Vita on. memory nope. card style. <laughs> hmm. Ugh.
2: Stop. We're going to do some free advice here. Number one, don't buy a console at launch. Correct. (laughs) Number two, if you did buy a console at launch, look at your options. Do you need expandable storage? Or should you do something like spend that $200 paying for two years of Game Pass and not have to store those games
0: because they're just in the cloud? So I think that's a separate problem, right? Like the, The storage issue gets around the issue of people who have crappy internet. Yeah, we still got to download the game. Yeah, sure. The first time, right? Sure. You can plan to download a game for a day or whatever and then be good to go
2: after that. I think, okay, we're going to get deep here for a second. There is a mentality that I belong to that, that you all have often reminded me of and that I still ascribe to often. But I think overtakes a lot of people's logic when it comes to digital games. I like having a physical copy of a game. I especially like having a physical copy of a game when it's in parity in cost to the digital copy of the game. What I mean by that is I'm not running out to buy $50 copies of $10 games because limited run games made them in physical versions. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'll I'll buy the $10 or on sale $5 digital version of the game and call it a good day. But I think because of this idea of I have this game, I have it physically, I can put it in at any time and play it. A lot of people have the idea that like, I need to offline this game to a drive in case I ever play it again. And I have fallen, I know this for a fact because I have fallen into this trap with steam where it's like, I will back this up to my external drive so that I don't have to download it again. It'll be faster to install again. I don't think I've un unbacked up any of those games, ever. I eventually just deleted them, them. from the drive, you mean? Right, yeah. I've never, I've never moved them back over from the drive because someone said, oh, let's play this. And I'll be like, hold on, I've got it on the drive. A, my internet's fast enough that I might as well just download it again. But B, that's never happened to me where I needed to install it right away. You know what I mean? Like, there's been one time ever that in the last two years that someone... I think it was you, JJ, where you're like, let's play this. And uh, it was a version of Halo I hadn't installed, so I needed to install it. It was like 15 gigabytes or something.
0: I think... uh you are in a you, and in fact, all of us on this podcast are in a privileged position where we have internet that's fast enough to be able to do that. I understand for sure. A lot of this country has unbelievably crappy internet.
2: Okay, so explain and, to me, and I and I don't, I'm not discounting it when I say explain to me, but explain to me the benefit then of having
0: the drive if you have bad internet, right? Like because even the game, the physical disc that you own, requires you to download things, and you, if you want to say like. Oh, you have a group of friends who plays NBA. You have a group of friends who plays Call of Duty. You have a group of friends who play Halo or whatever, right? So you install each of those games. Great. You've used every single gigabyte on your hard drive. <laughs> you now, it's not, that's three games. It's like, not like Call of Duty is 200 gigabytes this year, I'm told. Ooh. Like, that's, that's not insane, even. It, but that's 4K, my man. Yeah. And so, you know, this is the thing if you have to spend all day downloading a patch or whatever for one of these things, right. Or, you know, say you spend three hours downloading a 20 gig patch for this thing. Okay. Now you're, now you're set up, you're ready to play with your friends or whatever. Uh, it needs to download another five gigabyte patch. Shoot. Um, well, I'll catch you guys in like, you know, an hour or whatever. Uh, but now you're out of space. You can't install the patch. So soft rebuttal, because I'm a little bit out of my
2: depth, but you guys might not be if you're, if your connection is bad enough that it takes you that long to download, are you going to be able to have good enough ping to play a multiplayer game with somebody like that? I know somebody that has good-ish internet but lousy Wi-Fi that still disconnects from our multiplayer games
0: all the time. I mean, ping is unrelated to your connection status, right? If you have crappy Wi-Fi, that's your own problem. No, no, you yeah, You fix yeah, that. No. The... If your download speed is just low, there's nothing it doesn't doesn't stop you from being able to send packets fast enough to be able to play a multiplayer.
2: Your up and down need to be fast enough to send large enough packets to play the game. And and my point about the Wi Fi obviously is not the same as this, but I'm saying that like these connections are finicky enough to disconnect people with just a little bit unstable Wi Fi. Imagine
0: if your your ping is two, three hundred. I mean, high ping and low download speeds aren't related necessarily. Okay. So you could have like 20 megabit down, which is still going to take you four hours to download a 20 gig patch, right? (laughs) But you'll be able to play online games perfectly fine. That's easily big enough. You know, you can stream Netflix at that, no problem. The problem is you're going to use every... For every bit for, of those 20 hold on, down hold on yeah. for now
2: <laughs> we should say for yeah. now for when this came out yeah. in 2020 you could stream netflix on 20 gig
0: or 20 megabit down right you know you're not getting 4k from netflix at that speed but you could get you know some okay video and be fine with did it you, did you know there were two tiers of digital
2: netflix yes i did not mm-hmm. until recently when they upped the when netflix they price the, again when they raised the price on you and you're
0: yeah. like why do i have this again
2: yeah it's getting to that point where it's like Disney Plus and Hulu. I'm on more than I'm on my Netflix, and I'm starting to wonder, wasn't this supposed to be cheaper than having cable?
0: Hmm. All right. So I and I want to say that it is a, it is a problem, these hard drives okay. being that small. When you can't even have three games installed and then be sure you'll be able to update them, right? Yeah. That's insane. Okay. like One game takes a third of your hard drive space your hard drive is too small. Like if this is your PC, I would tell you go buy some friggin' three terabyte thing so that you don't have this problem. Yeah.
1: And I mean, hard drives, you know, they get cheaper every month. Sure. But these consoles
2: have to get made and they have to get made in such a quantity that they can't keep upping the hard drive space
0: every year. Uh, yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's a question, you know, and I think that is currently the biggest problem, certainly with the PS five. Um, you know, the Xbox, I think, has a bit more storage available on it, yeah. so that's good. But also um, Vita memory card prices are all I'm going to say about that, so that's yeah. not
2: great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Don't – I don't – I still don't – well, whatever. At least Microsoft is giving you the option of playing everything on PC. And so, like, you complain a little less about the fact that all this hardware is so proprietary, which I'm yeah. sure the PS5 thing will be too. It's just – it's a bit of a bummer. Uh, I'm JJ and I are the only two backers of Auden Chronicle.
1: Is that true? I backed of the, it. Of the three of us, yes.
2: Yeah, no, yes, you're right, Michael. We're <laughs> not Michael. <laughs> no, the
1: two of you Jay- are the only two. You have completely funded this game by yourself. JJ and I funded yeah, it. I must, must have game.
0: donated I must have donated a lot more yen than I thought, man. <laughs> I screwed up. JJ that yen
2: conversion. I don't know why we haven't bought a Japanese studio at this price. <laughs> Dang, son. If we me. made a game for seven dollars. I mean, come on. Uh, snuck in. I don't know if you saw your survey that you got sent from the Kickstarter to it. pick your platforms and all that sort of stuff. Uh, hidden snuck in there along with like discord info and all that sort of thing at the very bottom. And I think we may have mentioned it before, but it's still there. Nintendo next gen console was an option for getting your game fulfilled.
0: Mm hmm. Do you think that means they know of one or is that we will make one once they announce it? They don't want to commit to putting it out on the Switch if their game is three years away. I see. Or more. Why did we get a, a, a survey if their game is three years away? Because they want to have an idea of how many people want them for X platform. This. They also said in the survey that this is not the final choice. You will be given one closer to release when you actually have platforms to get this
2: to sort of negotiate then with each platform, what their fees are or something
0: or to see if it's even worth doing right. Like if there's 50 backers or whatever that want it on, you know, Nintendo next gen, they're just going to be like, well, okay, clearly not many of our backers are actually interested in this. Maybe we don't need to bother putting it on Nintendo like immediately. Right. We can come there later or whatever. Sure. Wait okay. till the game is out and then put it out on the Switch or something.
2: I, I figured you would be the one to know if that was news or not. So
0: thank you for clearing that up. I think also the rumors of Switch successor platforms have been swirling for like over a year now.
1: Every Christmas season. There's a chance. No, they've, been, they've been going for
0: stronger than that this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know that they're going to announce anything this year, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two years they do announce a sure. more powerful Switch or a Switch Pro or a Ultra Switch U or whatever. I would
2: buy stupid name they want to call. Them. I have enjoyed then, my Switch you know, enough. I would buy a Switch Pro. Yeah, I
0: mean, just putting that out I, there now. Nintendo I listens, have, so you know, I have enjoyed my Switch as well. I don't see a need for a new Switch thing until they show me what games are on it. <laughs> so yeah, Nintendo, if you want to send us a an early version of it, yeah, we'll test it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. That's Michael with the real answer.
2: Michael's got the. <laughs> Michael's got the know-how. I say he just basically called dibs is what happened there, though. Which is kind of a bummer. That's I can okay. accept it. I, I, look, he was clever enough. Last bit exactly. of news. Uh, Michael's going to have to chime in on this one because he's the only one that's participated so far. Why is every restaurant
1: opening a wing chain? Uh, I was talking to someone about this earlier today and my um, the conclusion I reached on this was that chicken wings slash hot chicken are the new bacon. Oh, really? I mean, given the, the rate at which places are popping up doing chicken wing kitchens or adding some variety of Nashville hot chicken to their menus, it seems like it. It
2: seemed to me like the wings was probably the thing that got hit hardest in the, in the slowdown, right? Like the restaurant, amount of wings they probably make in a year have not been sold
1: yeah it's such a like sports bar sporting event Mm -hmm. right kind of food exactly yeah i'm sure they took a hit i'm
2: sure there's a lot of frozen wing back backage that people are trying to sell to restaurants right
1: yeah but uh yeah at least two different restaurant companies in the in the last couple of months have started doing chicken wing service out of existing restaurants kitchens
2: i'm sure people are really wondering why we're talking about this uh wings is a staple of this podcast and if you don't like it get out
1: or listen to some old episodes and yeah or that yeah
2: yeah yeah. michael's got a good point never mind don't do that go back i uploaded a lot of stuff to youtube you can search the uh seo tags for chicken wings or hot wings. Things like that. And see what you find. Look. We're always on a quest for wings. How did it go?
1: It was good. Uh, so, Lazy Dog now has a an outfit called Jolene's. And you can order from the kitchen of, I think, any Lazy Dog. And they will fulfill your chicken wing order through their the lazy dog kitchen pick so up, we delivery. checked them out on friday um they do i don't know if they do i think they do delivery i think it's like through doordash uh, through one of the one of the food delivery outfits i don't know that they do their own delivery uh, but you can pick, up, pick up yeah yeah so that's what we did um so yeah we went on friday um we got their buffalo and their garlic parmesan um you know, the standard carrots and, and celery to go alongside it. Bone-in or boneless? We gotta know. Always bone-in. I agree. Always bone-in. Um, boneless it's are way. basically just chicken nuggets.
2: Right. And Nothing against wrong. chicken nuggets. Nothing's but... wrong with a chicken nugget. Right.
0: I think uh, my bone versus boneless argument is only disrupted if you substitute an option to do chicken strips.
2: But that's a strip
0: yeah sometimes yeah, too, i I, right? I could go f- i could go for a chicken strip absolutely i don't want a boneless wing uh, but yeah. i would go for like minus two wings and get chicken strips instead.
1: Uh, hold on okay but the preparation is different yep exactly yes i was just agree,
0: and that's that's yeah that's that's where
1: it sort of breaks down for me right if they were if they prepared the boneless wings the same way they prepared chicken strips i might feel differently but then you just start to blur the line. There's just a meat ratio that occurs with a strip that precludes a lot of
2: flavorings, right? There's a lot more meat in a strip depending on the strip, I guess, but, uh, there should be versus Mm -hmm. like a, Mm -hmm. like a bone in wing is like skin, meat, bone, right? Like it it really Mm. quickly becomes like a lollipop of flavor. And that's what it, I don't know. You you get you get to different creations when you get to different types of meats, and so. Plus, you can't have the argument about drumettes and and wings.
1: You know, flats yeah, the drumettes yeah. and the flats. Yeah, yeah. If you uh Very true. If you call Very them
2: true. nuggets a wing, okay. Moving on, because we've had this discussion before, and we all agree. <sighs> was the what was the Jolene's uh, verdict based on? what I would consider a staple. You got to try everybody's buffalo flavor.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, both both flavors were really good. Uh, I think I mentioned to you guys in the chat that their buffalo is a little bit different from a lot of places in that they add brown sugar to the standard, they do the standard vinegar-based buffalo. Yeah. Which oh. uh, is my preference. But with the addition of the brown sugar in there, it was a sweet note that was not my preference. It wasn't bad in any way. Um, I just didn't... I didn't want that sugary taste in with everything else. Gotcha. Um, The garlic parmesan was actually kind of a surprise, though, in that it wasn't... It wasn't, like, the standard um, wet sauce like Buffalo Wild Wings does or the, the sort of powdered parmesan like you get at Wingstop. They did a white wine garlic caper sauce and then topped the wings with shredded parmesan which was actually really good sounds good the only complaint we had was a
2: great idea because it'll stick to the wing
1: yeah the only complaint we had was that there wasn't enough of the sauce okay
2: i'll be interested to try that i'm also going to try and jump on the just wing it train see if anybody those have rubs too because i've kind of become a rub fan for wings
1: yeah, I know there's at least one rub from Jolene's, and then... Are you talking about It's Just Wings, the yeah. other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that's the one out of... It? It's Just it's Wings? It's Just Wings. Okay. Uh, just that's wings. out of Chili's and Maggiano's, I believe. Well, there's some of those around here. So.
2: Yeah. All right. This podcast is about games. I think is we it? say this every week. So we should talk about games. <laughs> we try sometimes. We try sometimes. Um... We have some games in common this week that we got to talk about, like really, really need to talk about. So JJ, you take your pick Hearthstone or ODST. Um, let's do Hearthstone. I, yeah. Why is every single game in the entire world trying to be the only game you play because they have a battle pass?
1: this applies uh, to DST as well i just had the gotta, same sentence that, for whichever you one you gotta keep <laughs> that money rolling in andy
0: yeah i mean michael just answered it the answer is yeah. to get you to keep playing so they make more money off i it. know i just thought it was funny i had the same sentence for whichever <laughs> <when
2: you picked. laughs> uh, it's actually
0: good that uh we can actually sum up both with the yeah. same sentence because uh, although i think the difference is i don't think anyone is mad at odst there are a lot of people that are pretty mad about the changes in hearthstone so
2: oh interesting okay because the hearthstone chain odst and mcc the master chief collection have been this way since they were released it is not a new thing to have the seasons and all that sort of stuff and there's technically no battle pass for that game
0: yeah you can't mean, you can't you can't buy an upgraded, right. more powerful version yeah, Exactly,
2: right? Like, you, all you yeah. can do is play the game. And so I don't consider that to be them trying to be the only game I play, although giving me the option that if it is the only game I play, I get more rewards.
0: hmm And Vers- the rewards are all cosmetics and sure, stuff in that game. Absolutely. You can't use them to buy anything else other right. than other cosmetics.
2: Unlike the new changes to Hearthstone, which is um, massive
0: would be an understatement, I think. Yeah. They completely redesigned the way quests work, which is sort of your passive game income generation. Mm-hmm. The entire economy of the game is sort of upended. Uh, they do have some rewards now for playing other game modes, which didn't exist before. So you can get, sometimes you can get weekly quests, which exist and you didn't used to have any weekly quests. Now you do, uh, for playing battlegrounds or things like tavern brawl, stuff like that. Um, which is good on one hand. However, on the other hand, uh, they giveth and then they taketh away. In that, uh, the amount of rewards that you earn, if you were a free-to-play player, right? and You never chose to never spend any money, and you played a bunch of Hearthstone. You could do okay. You could earn a good amount of gold playing the ladder. You know, winning however many games you win, you earn. You know, you finish your quests, you earn some amount of gold, be able to buy packs in the next season. My.
2: Strategy the problem now is that
0: was oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say
2: my strategy to play that game was always to buy a few packs for money at the beginning, and then with the passive amount of playing that game every day, you could keep up and be competitive.
0: And it sounds like
2: maybe that's not correct anymore.
0: So, the problem is over the years, uh, they have number one increased the numbers of legendaries per set. So it's harder now to collect all of the powerful and competitively needed legendaries. Number two, they have uh, increased the total size of the sets, not by a lot, but by a little bit. Um, but really the problem thing that hurts you the most is the legendaries, right? Those are the hardest thing to get. Uh, they made some changes in that now there's a pity timer on not only legendaries, but epics and duplicate protection on a lot of the cards. Which is awesome. So, like, when you open packs in Hearthstone now, you don't get dupes anymore. Like, unless you have literally gotten every single card of that type.
2: I mean, it was needed. Uh, every every yes. other game that competes with this game does that.
0: Yeah, wrong. Uh, <laughs> okay, not gotcha
2: games. I'm sorry.
0: Not Magic either. So Magic,
2: mm, completely
0: wrong. Okay, they do not do it. You get duplicates all the time.
2: Interesting. Um, I wouldn't say Magic competes with this game.
0: Agreed. Uh, they're off off in their own la la land of dumbness uh, in a separate way but the issue now is that well in order to stay competitive you still need to play a lot of hearthstone in order to earn the same amount of gold more than before actually yes much more than before so if you play the same amount as you used to play you won't be able to earn the same amount that you did because earning the rewards now is harder um so we'll see. I, you know, I think a lot of people, there are some people who are legitimately happy because l- they literally played almost no Constructed. And so they were like excited to be able to actually earn rewards for playing Battlegrounds or Tavern Brawls or Duels or whatever. Um, but I think the people that do play Constructed are rightfully angry that they are getting less stuff for the same investment. And even if they also then go play Battlegrounds and these other things, they will still be earning less total gold, which is the thing you need to buy packs. And, you know, it's it's a bummer, man.
2: I'm glad you're giving the perspective of people that still play. Because as a lapsed player, someone that came in when they introduced Battlegrounds, someone that came in when they introduced Dungeon Runs, I I, I continually step back into Hearthstone to feel that nostalgia hit. And that happened again when they announced all this new progression. I really wanted to see it because I really like Battlegrounds. and I have no interest in playing Constructed anymore. Almost none. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And like, if I did, I'd have to spend probably $200, $250 to get enough cards to be competitive on the Constructed ladder again. There's almost no way. Otherwise, I'd have to spend a year of doing free playing to try and catch up with the free cards, right? I'd have to start now and I wouldn't be competitive. I just lose for like a year.
0: Yeah. So, or you can go back into your prodigious old collection and dust a bunch of useless cards. And sure. Of course craft yeah, one yeah, yeah. deck and then only play that one deck. And right. that's a, also a giant hassle. So, right. I, I think the, I, but I as think, a lapse,
2: I was just going to say as a lapsed player, it was interesting and like, Oh wow. I can come in and get achievements and I can do like yeah. progression and I can do all It's still weird how after the achievement stuff wears off and you realize like, okay, the achievements are play the game a little bit and you get this achievement or do this super memey thing and then you get an achievement. And those are the only two types of achievements. (laughs) Like, okay, so I I just want to play to have fun and to win. So what you're saying is I'm only ever going to get like maybe one achievement a game if I win. And so that's not even part of it. I have to win to get experience for the quest log. So the, the progression all of a sudden doesn't matter to me. And it only became about like, well, I haven't played since they introduced pirates and
0: elementals. So I want to check that out, which and I did. I think, uh, it, which is, I really think it's good. worth noting that the achievement system is really cool. Like it they is. have, sure. it, it is, it feels a lot like the same kind of achievements that exist in world of Warcraft, right? Where you can like, Oh, get to this level with this faction and you get a little achievement thing that pops up. Oh, exp- play your first game in this mode you get a little achievement do 30 damage win a game without taking damage you know all these sorts of things but like the achievements are just points that do nothing just like they are in wow to be fair uh they're just there they don't get you anything the stuff that matters right is the quests that give experience and there are a few achievements that give experience as well but those are along the lines of the Mimi ones you were talking about. It's like, "Oh, get a 30-30 minion and attack with it or whatever." And it's like, "Okay, that's never happening in a legitimate Hearthstone game." <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, you got to do that in another
0: game. Um, so did you play any Battlegrounds? Did you enjoy it? I
2: absolutely loved coming back into Battlegrounds after they added the two factions and a whole bunch of new heroes and all that sort of stuff. I I <laughs> I see myself getting sucked into playing it for a long time again. And, you know, spending a month or two playing Battlegrounds like I did when they introduced the game and, and, you know, a couple times along the way as they introduced new factions, changed the heroes a lot, changed how Battlegrounds work. I could see getting sucked back into that. But after, I think, two weeks now of playing in the new Battlegrounds and waiting for the progression to hit and trying that out, I've realized, like, oh, look, I didn't touch Final Fantasy XII this week because I'm sitting here playing a 40 minute battleground that I lost. It was fun. I had a good time, but the same complaint I had before about Hearthstone, that it becomes the only game you play. Uh, still trade off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It still applies. So I don't know. I think if you're halfway into Hearthstone, if you're really into Hearthstone, this is going to be a change that in the long run will be good.
0: Unless they tune the numbers in the system. I disagree. You're, you're making the game more expensive.
2: Hmm. I think it's good to have this type of system
0: for people. That game was feeling really long in the tooth. And I think I I agree that this is a a good fresh cone of paint. The problem is it was a done by a painter who didn't know what they were doing. Fair. Okay. Uh, or they did know what they were doing because everyone that used to run that team is gone. Yeah. Or it, maybe this was done by evil uh, accountants instead of a good painter. And that's a problem.
2: I think the good painter was there. The good painter painted it on really well, but it's going to peel off because they use cheap paint. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. That's my guess. on Yeah. Hearthstone. Yeah. Michael, I, I think that's
0: all I got to say.
2: Michael. Yeah. Have you ever played a game with good intentions? Yeah. Ever played a game with good intentions that
1: stabs you in the back at the last minute? I'm sure I have. I'm trying (laughs) to think of one specific, but nothing's coming to mind, but I'm sure I have. JJ, how betrayed did you feel at the end of our ODST night?
0: Uh, man, you know, look, I can't be mad. The game seems, it's dumb. It's bad. That's dumb that it does that.
2: Yeah. Uh, We had a problem. We tried to do an achievement in ODST, and they had hacked in a way to do it in multiplayer, which uh, they don't tell you, Michael, you have to stay in the multiplayer game. If you back out, it undoes all your progress. Oh, no. So yep. two hours down the drain.
0: Ugh. It was cool collecting all those logs and listening to the story. I enjoyed it. It was an unfinished thing that we never got to in the our first playthrough. So that part was fun.
2: Yes, we did complete it in a roundabout way. Uh, so that we got to experience the full story of ODST. Uh, right before they're about to launch Halo 4 in the Master Chief Collection. Uh, and that was fun to finish.
0: By the time this is posted, Halo 4 will be out.
2: Yep. We just don't get all the pops for it. But I I needed to tell you, JJ, of my experience with the most weird and wonderful people on the internet, (laughs) just for a minute, there's an achievement to do a four-player, Michael, fight against waves of enemies that
1: lasts an hour and 40 minutes. That that puts me in mind of those those old StarCraft missions where it was how long can you hold out. Yep, literally, mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. exactly that,
2: but in Halo. And okay. uh, we thought no one ever going to get this done. I joined the official Halo Discord, put out there that I was looking into this and trying to do it. And some people from all over the world, Mexico, Argentina, USA, said, yeah, sure, let's do it. One guy really carried the weight. He would disappear at times, and you'd go out there and figure out what he was doing. Oh, there were dead hunters everywhere, and the rest of us kind of just tried not to die.
0: (laughs) Okay. Cool. And that's how the achievement went. I I now, JJ, have those skins. Oh, congratulations. I'm so happy that you actually did get it done. One hour. Uh, For reference, 42 minutes. For reference he asked me if i wanted we need two more it's just me and, and one other guy would be perfect you want to do I this hear, to that? i can hear your laughter already <laughs> i didn't that, that's so rude he it was uh via chat uh i just politely said no and continued playing the other game i was playing okay <laughs> uh yeah but i'm glad that you got it man that's cool yeah and you know what
2: they were weird but wonderful people. So shout outs to the people that helped me do that achievement because I
0: will I will say sometimes the internet is good for stuff. The, you're right. I have found cool people on the internet, like the the guild that I used to play in in WoW was a weird group of people, but you yeah. know what? They were all pretty all right eventually. And yep. sounds like you found yourself another good group. Yeah, yeah. All right, JJ.
2: You got 25 minutes. It's your show now. Hold court.
0: Guys, we're going to talk about all right, uh, spoilers I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about the new episode of The Mandalorian. Uh here we go. Guys, I saw it. Andrew texted uh the group as like the minute it was over, I guess, and was like this episode is legit. It's great. And I was like, it is. Because you had already hmm. seen it? No, I, I was, well, I was like, oh, okay. Like we all kind of thought the last episode was kind of whatever. And the first episode was really good. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. You're setting the expectations here for this third one. That's going to be great. Sure. And I watched it and like, it wasn't bad. No. I didn't have anything bad to say about this episode. It was fun it was nice to see Katie stack off and stuff. Yeah. I'm um, glad that she gets work still. That's mm-hmm. good. Um. Uh oh, interesting to find out that he's some kind of weird Mandalorian sect. That's interesting. That that maybe that's something that, they'll explain or talk yeah, about ever again. That has
2: been something um, that has bothered me since the show launched because of watching the Clone Wars, and so the feeling of relief when they were like, Hey, actually, we have an explanation for this.
1: They've been they've been out here playing chess, Andy. No,
2: no they didn't no, play chess. No. <laughs> but they exactly.
0: Did. This is my this is my whole thing. They are not out here playing four-dimensional chess with you. They are walking backwards into needing to explain things because the show got popular. I am right
2: about that. No, you're not. You're not. Because one of the X-Wing pilots from episode two is the lore guy. And so he had this plan, but it wasn't an abstract plan. On carbon scoring two weeks ago, Kit called it. Or maybe Ken called it and said, obviously, he's some kind of sect Separate from the regular Mandalorians. So, like, it's not, it was not that hard of a pull. And that's what I mean by he's not playing chess. But Filoni knows what he's doing and they have a plan for a lot of this stuff. The problem is they have a lot, they have a big plan for this stuff. And if you watch that Mandalorian honest trailer, which is accurate, they're going to weigh it down with a bunch of lore that you don't
0: understand. Yes. And so that was my takeaway from this. It's like, oh, I, I immediately felt at the end of this episode, well, this probably was cool for people who saw the Clone Wars show, it absolutely, but I didn't, yes. and so therefore I don't care about this, and it makes me not want to watch this anymore. Oh, don't do that. But who cares? They're going to bring up a bunch of Clone Wars stuff. It's like, oh, I should have watched the Marvel Shield TV show. No, I'm not going to do that. What the hell? Explain well, the thing but- in the thing, or don't, and then have it be mysterious. Those are your options. If if they don't go back and explain all this stuff in the show and require me to know it from talking to you or going to the Internet to figure out what the hell Mandalore and all this other crap is about, then I'm I'm annoyed with this show. I, I don't I'm, think
1: they're going to go that direction like they left to go do their own thing and his plot with the child is going to continue. And I don't think your lack of knowledge. I think the bigger problem is that, you know, just enough to be aware of what you don't know. Right? If you didn't know that she was a character from Clone Wars, you were, you've were you just been watching The Mandalorian. Oh, see, I
0: didn't know she was been... a character from Clone Wars, and now I'm learning that now, too. It's like, this is like, it's attempting to throw cool Easter eggs in, but they throw the eggs at your car window and they break. And so now you have Easter egg all over your face.
2: You sound... And I don't mean to ascribe this mm-hmm. when in a situation that it may not be true, but you sound upset that they're trying to do two things at once that I think, I think are roughly successful based on my small subset of people that don't know anything about Clone Wars, like literally nothing and don't have the knowledge to know that sure. they don't know, watched it and they're like, well, that's cool. There's more Mandalorians. That was it. That was the reaction. Sure, and then I made I think, the mistake of like being like, "But you don't understand." She's asking about the dark saber, and then the person was like, "What's the what's the dark saber?" I said, "Remember that thing that the dude was carrying, you know?" And then you go down that rabbit hole.
0: I don't think I even caught that she said the word dark saber, so that's cool. I'm learning a lot of things here <laughs> that I didn't learn.
2: The I, th- I think th- the thing the that thing Giancarlo me... was carrying at the end of last season is what she was I mean, asking okay. about when she said, "Where is it?"
0: Okay, cool. I totally don't remember that, but I'm sure that I will find it immediately. If I type the word dark saber into the internet. Yeah, Uh it's true. Um, I just, it is a, it was a cool heist like episode. and I love heist episodes of things. I think maybe. And I think I was, I was frustrated that there was clearly a bunch of cool stuff going on here and I don't get to be a part of it because I don't (laughs) want to go back and watch a show (laughs) that's been 15 episodes long uh, f- sorry 15 seasons long or whatever and is about the part of star wars i don't care about i'm going
2: to tell you yeah. two things that are going to help you out one i can explain this in the worst way possible and you might enjoy it two I- I'm-, I'm nodding my head yes you-, you might enjoy my explanation i don't know if you'll enjoy star wars <laughs> after i explain it
0: <laughs> and eh, two not that to yeah, think- start
2: oh, go ahead i think something that happened here that i will admit to Is that they spent a lot of time making sure people remembered who people were. And so they didn't have as fun of an episode as they could have. Let's say with IG-11 where you're like, hey, cool, that's an IG droid. So if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. But this one was like, remember Bo-Katan, people? Whereas when they were like, they could have spent another couple minutes making the heist a little cooler. You know what I mean?
0: This was the shortest episode of the series so far, and the premise was the coolest of the series so far, and that sucks, man. Make a cooler episode. (laughs) I think they should. Instead of spending time telling me about
2: Darksabers or whatever. I mean, I, I honestly think they should standardize the amount of time the episodes have. Swinging from 50 minutes at the beginning of the season and having an amazing episode to 35 minutes and frustrating people is partially because these are not standardized in length.
1: Yeah. But I feel like the, there's another side to that coin, which is that if you standardize the length, you're going to get some stories that they want to tell that are going to feel incomplete because they didn't have enough time to tell the story. Okay. But there should be a minimum time because I don't
2: think that's entirely true. Things that happened in that first episode were long shots of the desert, establishing shots, getting to know characters, versus bo in this last episode being like, I'm bo let's rob a thing.
0: I think that it is cool to have establishing shots and getting to know characters. It, you can do cool, long shots, and it adds to like almost the Western cool feel yeah. of this show, which is one of the things I, I like the most about it. Yeah. And then when instead you issue all of that for a cool heist episode, that's a tonal change. You could do that, and I think it did it relatively well here, But then they got rid of all the parts of the show that I like (laughs) to instead fill it with. Here's stuff from the Clone Wars. Hope you like it. And then I don't like it.
2: Do you have any interest in knowing? I want to hear your bad explanation. I'm very excited. Okay. I actually am excited. I want to know. Okay. I want to put out there that I'm doing my best. This is We Were Gamers, the main pod. And I didn't do research. I'm
0: doing this from memory. Direct the complaints to me. I will take the complaints. You'll you'll
1: catch flack for it in about a half an hour. Yeah. So if you want to know the
2: real answers, I will I will redo this on carbon scoring. And then Ken will correct every bit of it that is wrong. Okay. are you ready? Yeah, hit me. The story comes down to the Darksaber. Which is the thing that uh, Moff Gideon, the bad guy at the end of the last season, had in his hand
0: when he cut him out himself out of his crash tie fighter? See, I recognized his face when he popped up on the like Imperial thing yes. in this episode, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh, that's the bad guy from last season. This is a good character thing." Yes, and then they started talking about stuff I didn't care about, so I was like, "Oh, okay, here okay. we go." It comes down to this guy, Bo Katan is a sorry. Who's Bo-Katan? I'm okay. Not Bo-Katan is the
2: red haired Mandalorian.
0: Okay. One she, of the ones in this, episode. she and her friends, the night owls
2: <laughs> are Mandalorians from Mandalore, not foundlings, not anything else like born and bred Mandalorians. Okay. Okay. So back Bo-Katan in like, played by Katie Sackhoff. Katie or? Sackhoff. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going back to Clone Wars era, so like episode two, Bo Katan's sister, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. That's going to drive Ken nuts right off the bat. We're just saying. Keep going. Bo Katan's sister was the queen
0: of Mandalore. Okay, so Prince Vegeta thing. Got it. She was a pacifist. And so not a Prince Vegeta thing.
2: And so. Bo-Katan was like, this is screwed up, we're Mandalorians, we're supposed to conquer the galaxy, so I'm going to create an insurgency to try and dethrone you because you're my sister. I see. They didn't hurt anybody, but they definitely like blew stuff up, you know what I mean? hmm They join up with Prey Vizsla, who is like another Mandalorian, who started an organization called the Death Watch. If you you don't remember, i uh, sure.
0: Already too complicated. Okay, so
2: from season one, the Death Watch are the people that found Din
0: Djarin. Who's Din Djarin? The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Okay. They've never used his name, so I don't know who his name is. Got they it. have used his name. Okay. I've never uh,
2: heard it. Uh, Giancarlo, the guy, the bad guy said his name. <laughs> don't remember it. Okay. So they're the ones that found him. They're kind of crazy. So at a certain point in time, Darth Maul comes back after he's cut in half mm-hmm. with his shadow collective and uses Prey Vizla and the Death Watch to take over Mandalore and throw Bo-Katan's sister in prison. Okay. Uh, at this point in time, Prey Vizla has the Darksaber saber. Whoever has the dark saber is kind of like a spiritual leader on Mandalore. It's like a it's a lightsaber kind of, but it's not. Okay, so they're the king. Got it. Kind of, yeah, but really, Darth Maul's the king. So then, oh my god,
0: uh, this is all still like before New Hope. This is before just, New Hope. This takes, all takes place this is, after Return of the Jedi. So all this a is lot before.
2: New, this is all during here. the Clone Wars still. Uh, Then Prey Vizsla and Darth Maul work together until Obi-Wan and Anakin get word that Mandalore is under control of Darth Maul. Then they show up. They kill Prey Vizsla and free Mandalore. And then the Queen's back in charge until... The Empire takes over and the Darksaber goes to another dude that gets put in charge. Kind of. It's like Vizla's uncle or something. This is where I get a little fuzzy. Uh, and the sister dies. Bo-Katan goes into hiding. And then you jump to episode
0: four. Okay, jumped... Are all these people like fabulously long-lived aliens that can live for hundreds of years? I don't know.
2: I don't know what, how long a Mandalorian can live. We're going to find out because Boba Fett's like probably a hundred by now or whatever. Uh, okay. Jump to Rebels, which is another cartoon that happens during season four or episode four, right before it, during like Rogue One time. <sighs> and there's another Mandalorian named Sabine. Who goes back to Mandalore after she fled Mandalore because she doesn't want to work for the Empire? The Empire is somehow in control of Mandalore; it's still unexplained, and somebody else has the dark saber. So Bean captures the guy that has the dark saber, and she takes it. Then they go back to free Mandalore a second time, and she runs into Bo-Katan. And bo takes the Darksaber because Sabine doesn't want to be queen, even though her mom is an uh, imperial puppet on Mandalore, and who's also queen. And then somehow, between then and now, bo loses the Darksaber. Okay.
0: Which is why she's probably really pissed about the Darksaber. That explains why she was really mad at that guy but, and then yelling that word. Yeah. Uh, I and did so my best. Everyone, you did well. Nobody great. probably followed any of that. I got
2: a little lost in the middle.
0: <laughs> I was lost too, but you know what? I was just as lost as I was watching yeah, the show, so I it was couldn't be following worse. Along on Wiki, Wikipedia to see how you were. Doing. Did I get
1: close? Uh you got you got some major points towards the beginning. It unraveled a little bit towards the end. but yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Ken, Ken will set you straight.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it, my final question, which maybe you do or don't know the answer to. And everyone is cool with this character who was around during the Clone Wars, having lived like seventy years or whatever until it's, after it's, Return of the Jedi.
1: So the span, JJ, of all that that story that
0: Andy just told is twenty eight years. The, so, that, so that'll from, give you. That'll give so you're you saying long. so you're saying from the fall of the New Republic to the beginning of the Mandalorian TV show is twenty eight years. Wow. No. No, so the the twenty eight years is
1: the span of that whole history piece of Mandalore that Andy told. The fall takes place in that twenty eight year span,
0: and then so okay, that would so all the the Clone Wars quote unquote show all the way through Rebels, well, which is all well the way up to past the four. end of the Clone Wars, the war. So
2: what he's so saying is it's 28 years is,
1: from Clone Wars to the beginning of Episode 4. Everything, no, sorry. Everything is dated from the Battle of Yevin. So the story that Andy just told starts 19 years before the Battle of Yevin. The episode that we just watched of The Mandalorian is nine years so after years. the Battle of okay. Yeah,
0: 28 yeah. years. Okay, okay. So the the show, The Clone Wars, takes place 28 years before Episode So she's a little older than Katie Sackhoff, but probably not by a ton.
2: She was a teenager during the Clone Wars. It was pretty clear.
0: I'm trying to understand how the show, The Clone Wars, that takes place 28 years before. 19. 19 years before Star Wars Episode Four, can also show Order 66 happening in that same amount of time. And then the empire be what it is in Star Wars Episode 4. That doesn't fit to me and makes no sense. Hmm. Everyone forgot the Republic existed in 19 years? No, that's not a thing. I don't think so. 20 years is a long uh, time, so though. So
1: Order 66 actually takes place earlier.
0: Okay, so are they flashing forward in this TV show? Is that what's happening here during the show? But I don't understand the question. How is Clone Wars both showing this thing that happens at the end of the New Republic, or the Old Republic, and events that lead up to Episode 4? I thought there were many, many hundreds of years in between these things. Is that wrong? No, there's not hundreds
2: of years. How would there be hundreds of years? Darth Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan is just an old man instead of a young man.
0: Okay. I guess I thought that it was like 50 years, not 20. Yeah, I don't think it's like 50. Okay. It doesn't square with me the way they talk about the Empire having always been in control, but I guess... 20 years is a long time. I don't know. Okay. I accept this. <laughs> Your explanation was good enough for me. I still think it's silly, but I absolutely I'm... silly.
2: I think, I think that, uh, that pres- it was very prescient of honest trailers to point out that like, this was going to happen the moment, the moment it took off, this was going to happen of, well, it needs to be more connected to star Wars, you know? And like, there was a, there was a little bit of casting news that like came out and some of it was, Oh, okay. Maybe it won't be too bad. And some of it was like, Oh, I hope they don't add that character because then they got to do all this, you know, type of stuff. And so there's two roads to travel here. One where the baby disappears and then they have to find a new stick for the Mandalorian to be, still be cool. And the other where you're going to have to learn who Ezra is and a whole bunch of other stuff. And like, that's maybe not the right road.
0: I would rather not have to learn all those things. <laughs> I like that the Mandalorian is its own thing, but yeah. we'll find out, I guess. We'll see. We will see. If you
2: have uh, thoughts on the Hearthstone update, if you also were bitten by the ODST, I'm not going to call it a bug, uh, but way that it's programmed, or
0: uh, you have thoughts on Mandalorian, you can send them. You can send those to podcast at weweregamers.com uh where we will certainly read them and i will be interested to hear all the things that andrew got wrong that you can direct to me Uh, i will you know you can tell me but really like the the answers i'm sure will just be go look at the carbon scoring episode about this that's going to be up in similar time frame so they'll really (laughs) the actual answers will be there here
2: (laughs) i think that the this is a good barometer for the real world right like I keep asking everybody that I can find what they think of the show because having recently indoctrinated myself into the greater star Wars universe, I think it's very fun. And I think a lot of the diehards think it's very fun, but also uh, how's it playing with people that are not is a big important thing for them. Cause if they can't keep those people to watch a fun,
0: silly Western show about Mandalorians, uh, they're going to be in trouble quick. Yeah i think that that is my biggest bummer about this thing is that i liked a fun silly show about western mandalorians and now it looks like it's going to turn into clone wars 2 electric boogaloo (laughs) how did you come up with the podcast
2: name at the end